Bonjour everyone and welcome back to Casser les Lignes, the French football podcast with the accent in the Breaking the Lines media. Feel free to follow, share, tell us what you think about the French football podcast. I'm always happy to have conversation with you guys. Uh, today is uh, another special pod of another entertaining weekend, match day 32 in Ligue 1 and a couple of European games last week, midweek. Uh, and I'm not going to talk about French football by myself today. Today I am with... A very special guest, Slake. Slake, how are you, mate? I'm good. Um, thank you. Thank you for having me. Very excited to be here. Uh, yeah. Thanks for accepting to come on the on the pod, man. Uh, uh, you know, Slake is uh, is one of those guys on Twitter that I've uh, talked about football for for a while now. I think we probably started discussing maybe a year ago, uh, just because yeah. I've always enjoyed um, your takes on uh, on your on European football in general. Uh, yeah. It's like he's known as um, XY Cerebrone in uh, on Twitter. Feel free to uh, to check it out. But anyway, the the link will be um, on Twitter when I when I put the um, when I put the post down. Today we'll talk uh, obviously as usual two parts. In part one, we'll focus on the classic. Uh, it wasn't the best game we've ever seen, but there's still quite a few um, things to impact after that game. Mainly probably that Paris Saint Germain is. Uh, getting their tenth crown uh, this and uh, and their eighth crown in the decade. Actually, it, it's a performance, even though they're not being great this year. Uh, but but we'll also discuss what happened in the game, and then in part two, as usual, we'll talk about um, I guess the nine other games uh, that were on this weekend and and the changes on the table. There's been a, a been a movement again. All right, we're going to start with part one, and and we're going to introduce like to everyone. But first, as usual, music. Part one, we're going to jump in le classic. But before we do that, Slake, please um, introduce yourself to to the audience. You know, let us know, um, you know, what you do in in football media, and and also, um, you know, where does the interest for French football come from? Uh, okay. Um, first of all, I'm I'm a writer. I, I talk about football as well. I do some analysis. Uh, also, I'm a media strategist for. A, a, one of the semi-professional leagues in Nigeria. I'm based in my city, so we we try to, um, you know, create hype for the league and also create the product uh, and present the product to to fans and you know to increase interest in in the league as well. But generally, I'm a writer. I'm generally, a freelancer. Um, I just like to talk football. I like to. Um, I mostly I mostly talk about Ligon and um, La Liga. Or of course, sometimes I talk about other leagues as well. But those are the two main leagues. Uh, of course, I'm a Valencia fan, so uh, yeah, there's that as well. <laughs> but um, my interest in in Ligon started in the mid 2000s um, during the Lyon era. I I really just liked like a bunch of players coming out of France, the way um, the teams were structured. I, l- I liked you know. You know, a lot of those teams, Lyon, I liked RC Lens a lot. Um, time when they had Nigerian Utaka and they had Rigobert Song, uh, Seydou Keita, Daniel Moreira, who was one of my favorite players, and you know, a bunch of other teams as well. And then towards the late 2000s, I really liked um, the Bordeaux team of Laurent Blanc and uh, you know, a few other teams. So, but during the early 2010s, um, 
I kind of drifted away from Ligon because uh, I think that the league kind of declined, uh, in my opinion. That I would say that was probably the weakest period for Ligon, but I was a bit distracted with a lot of things as well. But as uh, around 2014, 2015, I picked it up again, and I became more and more interested over the years. Of course, I, I started to like, like a lot of teams. Um, in the last few years, I've liked Strasbourg, um, Stadrein, uh, 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 and then Ron, <laughs> you know, a bunch of them. Uh, generally, I just like French football. I like the young talents that come out of France. I like the way that the teams go about, you know, creating this, giving these talents opportunities. I like that because you don't really see that a lot in Europe. Around Europe, um, it's always about signing players and signing players. But in France, you know, I've, I've realized that even sometimes a player might have a breakout season. In the same season, another player comes and replaces that player and also has a breakout season. So it's it's remarkable seeing the amount of young talents coming out, seeing how good they are already, how mature they are. The, the football education in France is incredible. And I find that very interesting. And also, I like the, the rich history of the clubs as well. When you When you talk about, you know, the 60s and 70s and the 80s, the teams, the great teams from France, like um, Saint-Étienne, of course, and um, Ryan as well, um, and a bunch of others. So uh, I'm just very attracted to the football, the coaching, the education in France, and the players as well. And I believe that um, the French League is very underrated. In fact, I've been fighting a lot of wars on Twitter over the years, you know, <laughs> trying to back Ligon and you know, I just feel like um, it's so undervalued, and I want I want everybody to see how great this league is. And I feel like it starts from you know the people who follow the league and talk about the league, and then everybody else will get on board. So yeah, that's it. Yeah, that, that, that's great. Well, you you throw us back a little bit with uh, with Morera and Utaka and uh, and yeah. the, uh, Bordeaux, Laurent Blanc Bordeaux with uh, with Johan Gourcuff. Shamak, yeah, yeah we, then, we then went to Arsenal. Uh, yeah, some, some really great team. It's it's so interesting what you're saying about Ligue 1 and the fact that it's underrated. I mean, obviously, I, I agree. Uh, but yeah, I think there's that. I had that conversation last week with, with a, uh, a, yeah. an English Premier League fan who was saying that as far as he's concerned, the reason why Ligue 1 is underrated is because only half of the Ligue 1 player actually make it when they change league and when they go to England or or to Germany or Italy or Spain. Uh, and my answer to that was, you know, how many English players make it out of England and yeah, football. Exactly. Uh, like they don't exist yeah. when they when they leave their own country. Um so so <laughs> I, I agree with you the you know the uh, the football education, the adaptability that is taught in France. I think in France you kind of like you teach players that they need to be good in France, but they have a chance to actually go and play somewhere else and it's gonna be almost their natural progression to go into another country eventually. Yeah. Um, so, so that adaptability is, is definitely taught um, early on and, and that ability to learn different tactics and different um, schemes of how the team is going to play um, yeah. is very big. And, and I like like every country who, who breathes football, you have both the, uh, the club learning and the street learning with a lot of five-side and, um, and, and a lot of... Yeah. Uh, of that, you know, um, I guess healthy street competition going on as well in France, uh, yeah. which I think help help that that development. So yeah, well, you know, obviously I'm all I'm all with you 
on that um on that and on and on how um the league is is a really good league that just suffers from the fact that people don't know anything about Reims or Troyes or uh, yeah. or Lorient and 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 so then it's it throw them off the, the football game hopefully it's it's going to change slowly but surely and people are going to uh start getting interesting a little bit more in into French football and and look yeah that's why we, that's why so we're too. here Yes, I believe so too. I think that this is going to be a very good decade for French football. I believe that, like I, I predicted at the end of 2020, that um, this coming decade will be the, um, a very good decade for Ligue 1 in Europe. And so now I believe that we've seen signs of that already this season. The league was uh, number one in coefficients for the season, for most of the season until uh, recently. But it's number two now and still a very good tally compared to the last few years. I believe that a Ligon team will, or at least two, three Ligon teams will win um, trophies in Europe this decade. That's my prediction. And uh, I'm really looking forward to that, to be honest. Yeah, and I, th- I think yeah, the, the, the teams are definitely building their experience. I mean, Paris Saint-Germain, you, you, would, you would think that it's overdue that they get a, a Champions League and you almost want to, you almost feel for them that they've, They've been lucky and unlucky not to end up in yes. the Europa League because you would think that win the Europa League straight away. Um, but yes, but exactly. yeah, team, teams like Rennes have progressed. Marseille, of course, all, every every other time when they get in in Europe mm-hmm. in European competition, they try and get as far as possible. Uh, so yeah, yeah there's, there's definitely a, a good dynamic going on, and uh, I, I don't know what's going to be the future with uh, with Paris and Qatar uh, <laughs> that we want to talk about. But um, but it's it's slowly building. Right, let's, let's talk about that classic yeah. that um, we just witnessed uh, last night for you this morning early. For me, um, the classic between the first and the second in Liga, uh, it, it doesn't happen often, one would think, but I think it's the third time in the past six years, so we're in a good dynamic for those two teams. I mean, PSG, of course, is yes. always at the top. Uh, and and not the, the best games. There was 12 points between both teams at the beginning of the game. Uh, if you yeah. watched the game, the game ended up at a 2-1 win for uh, Paris Saint-Germain, of course, uh, and 2-1 and a lot of um, a lot of goals that were denied for uh, for offsides, maybe two or three for Paris Saint-Germain, one for for Marseille. Um, a game yeah. that finishes with Marseille having 58% possession, but barely putting any danger on Donnarumma, uh, but also 60 fouls for Paris Saint-Germain, six yellow cards for Paris Saint-Germain. Uh, and, and 12 fouls for Marseille, only one yellow card. So, you know, if, if anybody's watched the game, not the most entertaining game, quite a bit of passion in it, though, and a little bit of uh, yeah, a little bit of nerves uh, flying. We've seen, probably everyone has seen those videos of Neymar losing his temper um, on that yeah. um, slight simulation from uh, from Gendouzi. Uh, Slade, what, what did you think about the game um, and its all? Well, uh, I, I felt like it was one of the more forgettable the classics. Uh, I was expecting <laughs> so much more from both teams. And I was uh, I, I was quite bored, to be honest, of the performances. I felt like um, those teams were capable of more. It also felt like they, they had just decided that um, they weren't going to... They were just going to play it safe, for the most part, both teams. Because, of course, we know that Marseille are coming off um, a, a, a midweek playing in Europe and... You know, there's some tiredness there and all. And they probably are thinking, okay, maybe we're not going to win this one or let's, at best let's get a draw and then we move on to the teams that are more uh, beatable, uh, especially at this point of the season where they're trying to get points for Champions League. For PSG, it just felt like 
they didn't want to do too much, especially when they got into the lead. Let's just, you know, try to see this out. And it's very rare to see PSG time-wasting, you know, as the game is about to mm-hmm. end and, and all. But, I mean, they did that pretty much. I mean, I think Donnarumma got uh, carded for time-wasting. <laughs> Mbappe as well when it was being stopped. It was, it was very, very un, uncharacteristic, you know. But I think that that was just the kind of game. If this game was played with maybe four points between them, it would mm-hmm. probably have been more, you know, there was more to play for at that point. Because at this point, it looks like PSG are just, like, taking their last steps to the title. So it's not really a title race at this point. So I guess that's that's why the game was like that. But both teams didn't do enough for me. Um, I didn't think that they were... Um, I mean, especially, like you said, Marseille had um, a lot of possession, 58% possession, and they had just one shot on target. And that was the goal. Um, of course, they had the other goal that was uh, rolled out, the Saliba one, but generally they were not as threatening as you would have wanted them to be. And also, PSG having 42% possession at home um, mm-hmm. in the classic is very, very uh, surprising. But again, it shows that they were not as ambitious as you know, you'd have expected from them in this game. But all in all, I think that um, the result was a fair result. Uh, it was probably a reflection of how the game went. And yeah, 2-1. Yeah, PSG, PSG definitely dominated. And in the first half, um, the yeah. first 10 minutes, it's all them. And then they get the goals. So like you said, they kind of like slow down. But then every time yeah. they accelerate, they look like they were about to score. Uh, oh, yeah. I agree with what you're saying. Like both teams played it safe. And although I can sort of understand it from the Marseille point of view, because, you know, it's it's I think it's 11 games in 33 days that they're going to play yeah. right now between the, the league and the European Conference League. Uh, and, and like yeah. you said, I think when... I think Sampaoli is a very pragmatic coach. And when he sees Paris Saint-Germain in Paris on the calendar, he probably just think that's a game that doesn't matter because we're not going to be yes. able to get points. So let's focus on winning against Nantes or winning against uh, Lyon next week and, and Rennes, etc. Just because those are the games that maybe there's a chance if we play at 70% of our, of our level, whether in Paris we're going to have to get yeah. 120 to try and get a result. Uh, but disappointing from Paris because, and I said that last week on the pod, I was like, you know, as as a Marseille fan, I'm not hiding that I'm a Marseille fan, I was scared about that game because I was thinking it is the, it's the last classic for maybe Mbappé. Uh, it's the last classic yes. for, I think, this era of Paris Saint-Germain. I feel of like there's going to be quite a bit of, yes. of change um, in the summer. So I thought, you know, they're going to just put, you know, put the foot on the accelerator and they're going to make it 5-6-0 as almost as a way to apologize to their fans for the Champions League. But yeah. they, didn't, they didn't do that. They didn't push. And they, again, like every time they play against a team that play a bit of football, they open themselves up to potentially a draw, potentially a loss by just stopping playing. And then and then all those weird stuff that, yeah, Donnarumma did where he get the yellow and, and Neymar losing his temper <laughs> when he could have just controlled the game yeah. uh, because, because he is better exactly. than anybody else until he loses his nerves. Uh, so I was a bit disappointed with Paris because I really thought that's the last game of the season that matters for your fans. Receive yeah. say thrash them, you know, tell your fans you were sorry about Real Madrid, but we are the one team in in Liga. But even that they haven't done. And then at the end of the the game, when you hear Mark, you hear Marquinhos at the post game uh, conference saying, you know, we're sorry for the fans, but what matters to us is the result. We won against Marseille. That's what we wanted to do. The result is more important. Then the way you win sometimes, and I feel like hearing him saying that, him of all people, who's probably the 
Paris Saint-Germain and to kind of like play play guess on the future before we go back on uh, on Marseille and, and where they are right now in the season. Um, you know, of course, Mbappé is at the end of his contract. We don't know if he's staying or if he's leaving yet. Half of France says he's staying, half of France says he's leaving. Uh, same for the, the, the supposedly specialists. Um, and, and also Pochettino, I feel like he's on his way out, but it's not been officialized, of course. Um, you know, what, what are your thoughts with... Um, what might happen in the summer, you know, are Leonardo and El Khalifi uh, in danger, you, do you think, like being out of the Champions League so early? Uh, what, what do you think is going on in the summer in Paris? Well, I think that um, they are probably considering um, the best direction to go this summer, especially if Mbappé leaves. Um, I, I do believe that Mbappé is going. And one of the people saying, yeah, he's, he's most likely leaving because there's no way he has witnessed how this season has gone. Um, and isn't thinking, you know what, I might be better off in Real Madrid and, you know, mm. playing with Benzema and just, you know, living my dream. So I think that Mbappe leaves. And after that, I think that this is the perfect opportunity for them to pretty much tear everything up and start again, reset it, start a new cycle. Um, but as we know, um, it's very unlikely that players will do that. I know we've heard uh, media reports about Leonardo leaving, about you know, um, Nasser also um, possibly being removed from his position. But I don't really believe that that's going to happen. The way I see it and the way PSG have shown you know, over the past few years, I think that we're just going to have more of the same. If Mbappe leaves, they're going to try to make a statement signing, you know, to replace Mbappe. You know, someone that is probably very highly rated, uh, someone like Pogba, for instance, who probably uh-huh. tries to get Pogba in, just, you know, that star power and everything. And then They'll just continue doing more of the same, which is what they don't need at this point. Uh, but, mm-hmm. I mean, it's PSG, they, they always try to... I, I feel like the, the first problem that they have is that every summer they want to build a team to win the Champions League. But that's not how you build a team that can win the Champions League. You build a team by using different summers to strengthen and just keep getting stronger and strengthen weak positions. You know, they had, they had a midfield problem last season. They had a midfield problem two years ago, and they still have a midfield <laughs> problem now. <laughs> I mean, since the Agumata retired, they've not really fixed their midfield problems, and they're still not fixing it. So I feel like they'll do more of the same once again. They're probably thinking, oh, who can we buy to excite you know, the fans and you know, something like that. And the fans have, have been saying that it's not really about those names. It's about building something that we can connect with. But I don't think that they're doing that yet, and I don't think they plan to do that. So I, I believe that they will uh, they will lose Mbappe, 
and um, probably uh, of course Ikadi is almost certainly gone, so they'll probably buy a striker or two, get him Pogba and chase big names once again. I don't think they'll get Chouameni, as has been reported. Chouameni mm-hmm. probably will go to Real Madrid or somewhere else, or maybe Manchester United, but I don't think that we're going to see Chouameni. And so, if, if that continues, then we're probably going to have more of the same next season. But, I mean, it remains to be seen. Who knows? It might surprise us this time, but I'm not, I'm not holding my breath. I think that we're going to see Leonardo probably remain. Nasser will definitely remain. And we'll probably sign Pogba and a few other names and just continue trying. But um, it'll be interesting to see um, who they hire because of, obviously Poch is looking likely to leave. If Pochettino mm-hmm. leaves, then um, that could also be interesting because if they're hiring a coach like Zidane, who I don't think they were hired to Zidane though, but if they were to get Zidane somehow, by some, I don't know how they're going to do it, <laughs> <laughs> then um, I know that Zidane will ask for guarantees about certain things, such as you know the power he has and the person he's going to bring, he's going to want to work with. You know, I'm sure he doesn't want to work with Leonardo. I don't think mm-hmm. anybody wants to work with Leonardo, to be honest. <laughs> so if he gets someone in there um, that he can work with uh, on you know transfers and everything, then probably things could change. But unless that happens, I, I don't think it's likely. But I'm, I'm very interested to see who they hire though, to replace Pochettino. Yeah, it looks like they, if Nasser and Leonardo stay in place, then they need n- another... Um, Another yes man. They can't. They can't hire a real big coach because a real big coach will refuse to work exactly. with Leonardo, like you, like you rightfully said. Um, so they're gonna have to find, yeah, yeah a yes right. man, a, a Nagel's man if he gets fired from Bayern or somebody who's trying to make a name for himself. And I think yeah, Paris, exactly. under other circumstances, is a, is a team that is impossible to manage. You can put whoever you want. I mean, Tuchel said it. Emery said it. Then they leave and they win European Cup with other teams. Yeah. Um, you know, Pochettino, for all the slack that he's getting yes. in France, and, and rightfully so, he's not doing anything great with Paris. He, he did put Tottenham in the top four and he went to the Champions League final. So he's, he's, he must final, have yeah. some some kind of skill somewhere to be able to, yes. to, be able to do those things. Um, do but, those but, yeah, things, but in yeah. Paris, it's too, it's too hard, I think. And, and yeah, I agree with you. I think they're going to do more of the same. I, I think the, the, from where I see it, the only thing that can save them um, is if after the World Cup, Qatar decide that the the, the the sports washing or the the marketing coup is over, and yeah, they sell it over. to yeah. uh, to another group or like to a to an independent owner who then can can you know reap the fruits of all this something awesome marketing coup, yeah, and then build something amazing, you know, even if it's a um, not him but like a Ralph Rangnick type of guy who's worked on, in Red Bull or. Or yeah, city group or somewhere else who's going to come and say, "This is how we build a club to win, not just getting new player." I mean, in fact, they're going exactly. to get Kalimwendo Kalimwendo back in the summer. Um, you know, maybe people think he's not at the level for Paris Saint Germain, but give him a couple of chances to improve next to the Messi and the Neymar's, and and I'm sure he can exactly. um, do, do more than a than a decent job over there. And I feel like um, knowing what they do, they're going to sell him in the summer, and that's probably another. <laughs> Another young product that uh, that goes exactly. where they could uh, where they could develop them. So it's really yeah, it's really sad to see the best club in Ligue 1 that you know for for all for all my you know my love for Marseille and the fact that I'm a fan, 
Uh, I'm not a fan who, who like doesn't look at the other teams. I want every team in in Ligue 1 to do well. I mean, you know, I'm not going to jump up and down if Paris yeah. win, uh, but I still want to see French football doing well and seeing that our number one team is so badly managed that all we can do every week is saying how disappointed we are in the team that wins everything. It's just heartbreaking in a way because I think that's hurting yeah. our league so much that the locomotive is not a real locomotive. Yeah, it's a weird, it's a weird, uh, it's a weird situation in the capital. So, uh, so yeah, like I really, I really hope it it changes. But yeah, I agree with you. If Zidane comes, that's because Leonardo's gone. I, I don't see any other way. Um, and, and if Zidane comes, it's because maybe he's been told that he can't have France because I think he's going to get France after the World Cup. So I feel like he'll, uh, yeah. he'll happily wait for that. He'll just have to uh, just have to try and find the the next best thing. Uh, so, so just to finish with Paris, you think Mbappe is going to Real Madrid? Yes, I think so. I'll be very surprised yeah. if he renews. Extremely surprised because I feel like if he wanted to stay, he would have signed that contract already. We're already mm-hmm. almost at, in May. If he's stalling this long, no matter what they're offering him, I think that it looks like he's, he's certainly leaving. Um, and if he leaves, it's it's going to be a big problem for Pierre because um, that's the that's the one guy they signed from the gun. That's the guy they mm-hmm. signed from the Ligon team and you know they gave him everything they've and he's given them so much and then to lose him just before his, his real prime starts is very, very, very disappointing from them. But they only have themselves to blame because they've mismanaged you know the team so poorly and so badly and so at this point Everybody understands why Mbappe is leaving. Maybe last summer people didn't really understand. Even I didn't think that it was the right time to leave last summer because, of course, they had um, they had just signed Messi, they had signed Donnarumma for like the next ten years, signed Akimi for like the next ten years, you know, signed Nuno Mendes who'd made permanent this summer. And so I probably I felt like okay, if if you're Mbappe at that point, you're probably thinking okay, maybe I should stay one more year and see what they're trying to do this time around maybe, you know, play with Messi for a year and see how it goes and all that. But I think that it has been disappointing this season. He still had to do a lot of carrying or that, as we say generally. Like a lot of he's always been the, the most decisive player for PSG and he keeps being that guy every time. And during the, the, the knockout game against Real Madrid, you know, that, that collapse that happened, it probably mm-hmm. it was like the perfect time to, you know, I think that was the last straw. Uh, for Mbappe, um, the last chance for PSG as a whole to be able to keep him because that day he saw the difference between playing for PSG and playing for Real Madrid. You know, mm-hmm. the, the the fact that Real Madrid had that heritage in Champions League, they're able to come back, you know, and keep their nerve because they are Real Madrid. Meanwhile, PSG just completely collapsed. Everybody just you know lost composure. Know that, and so that was probably the uh, the last straw, the last last chance that PSG had to keep Mbappe and they blew it. And going out like that, I mean, if, if it's that they lost 1-0 or something after a tight game, it's different. But they dominated for 160 minutes uh, of, the, of mm-hmm. the tie and then the last 20 minutes, you know, they lost it. In that manner, it was very, very embarrassing for them. I think they've lost Mbappe after that. I do not think that he stays. Yeah, I think, to, to be honest with you, I think they lost him when they got messy because they had a, <laughs> they had a chance they had a chance to make him the man 
in the in the team and already he had shown that he was better than, than Neymar. And then they see Messi coming out and I feel like it was probably a, a real test of like a real show of confidence or lack thereof for Mbappé where he probably saw Messi yeah. being free and he probably thought to himself, you know, ah, fuck, I know that my team has the money. I just hope that they don't go for him because if they go for him, that means that, you know, if if Paris yeah. had played well and had gone and won the Champions League, somewhere, somehow, Messi it's would have had some good Messi, games. Yeah. Yeah, he would have had a game yeah. or two where he made the difference. And so then at the end of the year, when you look at the Ballon d'Or, people would have been like, yeah, well, Messi deserves the Ballon d'Or. And so Mbappé isn't the star. Mbappé wants to be the star. He says it since he's 17 years old. He wants to be the one. And so I think that yeah. that's the that's the worst thing that I've done in Paris where they had put the pieces. You said it. You know, they put Donnarumma. They put Hakimi. Mbappé said, I want better players. They gave him better players. And when they had one decision to make, don't go for the marketing. Don't go for selling the shirt. Don't go for the old player that is still, you know, at the moment, at that time, the best player in the world, just after the Copa America. Uh, they went for him, and I think that's when, and that's why I think, you know, Mbappe had the Mbappe, yeah. Because when that happened, I think he was like, well, you know what, you know, like, F you, if you don't want to trust me to lead this team yeah. to, the, to the title and you want to put somebody who's as good that's and as respectable exactly. as Messi next to me, then that means that, I'm, I'm not going to be able to work with you guys. Um, so yeah, that's uh, yeah, yeah again, that's that's the story of the demise of uh, of PSG, unfortunately. And yet, yet they are our league champion. Uh, it only takes them uh, if they if they get a better result than Marseille in one of the next two weeks, uh, two games. Sorry. Yeah, so exactly. if they win and Marseille uh, draws or whatever, yeah, they're champion already. So it's it's as if they are as if they'd won already. Um, a quick word on on their challengers of the day and on their losers of the day, Marseille. Uh, I know that you know you have a bit of a um, um, keen eye on Marseille because the the president Pablo Longoria um, used to uh, <laughs> used to work at your beloved uh, Valencia. Yeah. Um, I, I think Marseille is is having a, a pretty good season. I think there's a lot of um, you know Marseille has a lot of passionate fans and there's a lot of expectations on Marseille. Even though they've they've not met the expectation for a while now, um, I think yeah. Marseille suffers a lot of criticism, but people tend to forget that it's a coach that came with ten games left last season. It's a team yeah. that is eight players out of eleven were at Marseille at the beginning of the season, like and and even even eleven out of fourteen if we look at the um, at the subs that usually play, uh, and yet it's a team that has made it through. The, the bad times, I think Sam Paoli has really something yeah. at him to him that he's able to remobilize them every time. They're in semi-final of the um, Conference Europa League now, which is also an objective for them to try and win. Um, I, I think they're doing okay. I think even that loss against Paris, yeah. where he's still having 58% possession, sure, it's a missed opportunity and Paris was, was, you know, was able to lose that game. So Marseille, if they had pushed, could have done it. But as we said, you have to choose your game sometimes. Um, I, I think I'm, I, I think I'm liking what I'm seeing from Marseille this season. Uh, it's not, it's not flash. It's not bling bling. Uh, it's just very methodic, and, yeah. and we're here for the win, and and we'll get the win the way we have to get the win, and we keep playing our football. And um, I, I'm really enjoying what I'm seeing from Saint Paul. Is is that how you see it from from your end? It's like, uh, well, um, the thing about as say though, I I have. To a lot of credit to Sampoli, to be honest, for, for the season that uh, Marseille have had because 
he was a very highly rated manager some years ago uh, when he was at Sevilla and before that Chile. And then we had that 2018 World Cup and I was expecting so much from him. And basically he was very spineless at that point. Um, his, his, his press conferences were infuriating, the way he was setting up the team and everything. I think that his, his stock dropped after that World Cup. A lot of people were looking at him and saying, okay, maybe he's not the guy that we thought he was. But he's coming to Marseille, you know, after the departure of uh, Andre Villas-Boas. And, you know, he's been very, very good, to be honest. Uh, the, the way, the, I didn't expect Marseille to be second at this point in the season. I think that's something that everybody has to remember because um, the way it is, it feels like sometimes the criticism of Marseille in the ground is mainly about what the standards that they've now set for themselves because of the way the season has gone. So it's like at the start of the season, everyone's looking at Marseille and probably thinking, okay, at best they probably come fourth, you know, or, you know, if they are very, very, very good third, but not really fourth or fifth. And then now they are second with, you know, just about six games left, uh, five, uh, seven, seven, six games left. And, yeah, six seven, six. Left, yes. and, and, <laughs> six games left. And, you know, I don't think many people predicted that it would be second at this point. They were, people were probably saying Monaco because of the way Monaco ended last season. But people were probably looking at you know other teams. And instead, we have Marseille in second. And they deserve a lot of credit. It has not always been um, perfect. I think there have been points where they've had some really poor form. But also, for the most part, they've done what they need to do. They've beaten the teams that they need to beat, you know, for the most part. And that has been you know, a problem for Marseille over the years. At least until uh, Andre, uh, until AVP came around and had that wonderful 1920 season. Before that, you know, there were points where you'd expect Marseille to carry on from a particular point and then they just disappoint you. And then they had that um, Champions League campaign that was very forgettable. And then this season also in the um, Europa League, they dropped out of it. But thankfully, they've made up for that performance in the Conference League. But I think that um, when, when you are, the, the target for the season was to try to get into European places, possibly Champions League places. And so far, Sampaoli has done that very well. And when you consider the amount of players he signed, you know, in the summer, like you said, um, the number of new players that they've had. And sometimes it, it takes time for players to adapt and come in and really, like, deliver. And that's also always a, a risk when you sign so many players. And they've been able to do that and Sampoli has managed them properly and one thing I must say also about him is that um, so far this season he has shown a willingness to learn from you know, certain mistakes there are times when there have been issues tactically that everybody has been pointing out and then you saw him try to change it a little bit mm-hmm. and try to tweak it you know, to fix those problems and I think that when you say manager that is doing that it's always a good thing but most importantly for me I think that Marseille are laying a foundation like I was, talk- I was saying when I was talking about PSG um, you don't become a great team overnight. You don't become the team that can do certain things overnight. You sign players, you fix flaws, and then you continue to upgrade. You know the quality of players you have, and you know you make good decisions in the transfer market. It can happen overnight, and so I think that this season, um, getting Champions League is a big deal for Marseille. But also, they've laid the foundation um, with the squad they have, the players they have, and. So they can build on this by summer if they're able to get Champions League and hopefully win, you know, the Conference League. You know, 
they can now build on that going into next and there will be some stability because also that's another thing that we've not really had in Marseille for a long time. There's there's not been so much stability. This season um AVB is here and he's, he's you know enjoying his his football and everybody is talking about Marseille and then next season there's turmoil, there's problems and then all of a sudden AVB is gone. You know, over one signing or the other. You know, we've had Bielsa in the past, we've had Rudy Garcia, you know. So all that all that um instability can also make it difficult for you to build a team, you know, that, that can do things. Well I think that that's what we're seeing differently with Marseille now. They look like a team that, you know, after after summer we're still going to have like the foundations of this team. And hopefully they'll be able to keep players like Saliba. And if if they can get Saliba at least for another year or possibly on a, I, I I don't think that they'll have him, you know, fully yet. I, I don't know if their transfer ban has been uh, their transfer issue has been fully resolved. I don't think it has. But yeah. if they're able to if they're able to keep Saliba, you know, and just build on these foundations, I think that we're going to see greater from Marseille next season. And if PSG lose uh, Mbappe, I don't think they'll be as strong. So that's an opportunity also for teams like Marseille and you know Ron and uh, uh Nice as well. And the rest to really challenge PSG and possibly you know rest with the league from them. So so far so good. I think that Sampoli has had a, a, an eight over ten season, you know, in charge of mm-hmm. Marseille. I think that Marseille have also done well to you know in, in this um, conference league knockouts they've been very good, and they are about to then semi-finals now in a very winnable game. And I think that a uh, winnable tie. I think they will probably make it to the final and hopefully they win it. If they can win that. That's also going to do a lot for them, for their confidence, for their mentality as well, mm-hmm. knowing that they've been able to do something that big. Um, because we all we all saw what happened in 2018 when they got to the Europa League final and they lost. I think it had a negative impact on them, you know, losing like that yeah. with, with mistakes and with, you know, the um, Pirates also getting injured during the game. Mm-hmm. So um, I think it will be different this time. If they can win this, it will be a big deal for them. So also give them bragging rights because PSG have been trying to win in Europe. I mean, obviously, this is not the Champions League, but <laughs> to be able to say, oh, we went to Europe and we won something. Have you, when, when did you ever win? So when last did you win something in the 90s, you know? So I think that's 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 it for all. Yeah, yeah I, I agree with, with everything you said. The, the stability is maybe the thing that probably worries the, the Marseille fan because we know that at the, during the summer, Camara's leaving at the end of his contract, Saliba, like you mentioned, yeah. it's not, 100% result yet. But I mean, you know, they got gay for Kamara. Gendouzi is going to stay. Um, Milik, we're not sure. Exactly. And then some players that, are, that have played really well, uh, like Charita Char, since he came back into the, the team, uh, he's, they have tried to sell him for a year and a half now. Uh, so it's going to be interesting <laughs> to see, uh, to see if they do keep him or not this summer. Yeah. But yeah, I think, you know, gay, Gendouzi, Gerson is going to be a very strong midfield next year. If Payet yes. can, can find uh, ten, more, ten more months in him, uh, and if they keep Wunder yeah. and, and Milik, it could be uh, a very dangerous squad. And uh, hopefully, uh, hopefully your mate Pablo and and Sam Paulo exactly. do, I was going to say do that. the job. Like, as far as Longoria is also, you know, there, you know that you're going to get very reasonable and smart deals, you know, in the market. So that's 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 a plus. Yeah, that helps. He did. He did say in an interview about two months ago that he reckons Marseille is his last football job, and that after he's going to work in in another industry. So hopefully for yeah. for the Marseille fans, it's uh, late, later rather than um, than than sooner. Yes. 
Ah, yeah, yeah, Marseille, so... you mentioned it, qualified for the semi-final of the Europa Conference League. Yeah, they'll play Feyenoord, who's a, who's a neat little young team uh, who, who, I guess, fortunately for Marseille, maybe lost their uh, very talented goalkeeper, Justin Vizio, on a uh, on an injury. And, and yeah, maybe yeah. that makes them uh, takeable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it'll, be, it'll be an interesting game. At least Marseille gets the, the second leg at home. Uh, first leg yes. in day, second leg in, uh, in in two weeks and a half. That'll be uh, that'll yeah. be interesting. Uh, we're gonna wrap up that uh, that classic. Thanks for uh, for talking about Paris Saint Germain Marseille, and we're going to go and uh, have a look at the other pitches in Liga this weekend. Mm-hmm.